Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. Well, tonight I want to look in Daniel chapter 3, continue our deep dive into Daniel. So kind of get us up to speed what's going on uh, with Daniel. So Daniel and his three friends were taken into captivity by the Babylonians, along with a lot of other Jews and also people from all uh, over the place, all the nations that fell under that empire, and they were part of a training program to be part of Nebuchadnezzar's government. They uh, showed themselves to be very faithful to God, even when they were faced with decisions that would have caused them to compromise uh, their faith. However, they stayed strong in the faith, and they grew in wisdom and and they, they just handled things in a good, godly way. And so they demonstrated themselves uh, to really be uh, at the top of their class. And God gave them grace in the sight of the uh, Babylonians. And so they were given uh, some top positions. Now, toward the beginning uh, of their service to Nebuchadnezzar, the king had a dream and uh, God gave Daniel the ability to describe the dream and interpret the dream for Nebuchadnezzar. Um, it was a dream about a large statue made of different materials that was destroyed by a stone that grew into a mountain. And, you know, it described various empires that would come until God would send his own kingdom that would eventually cover the earth, and that kingdom being the first coming of Jesus Christ. And you know, it's ever-growing throughout the world as people give their lives to Christ, and Christ rules and reigns in the hearts of uh, men and women all around the world. But uh, the, the dream about this colossus, this giant statue, kind of gave Nebuchadnezzar an idea. And Nebuchadnezzar, which it's kind of a recurring theme with him, he let his prideful heart... Uh, get the best of him, and he made uh, some poor decisions. But his poor decisions put uh, Daniel's three friends in quite a predicament. And, and so want to look at what Nebuchadnezzar did, because in, in a sense, the world is trying to do this same thing to us as well. And so I want to read um, the first 15 verses of, of chapter 3. And, you know, next week we'll, we'll pick up from there. But uh, this is what Daniel 3 says. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, and the counselors, the treasurers, the, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, 
bagpipe, and every kind of music. You are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Now there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, that's well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a fire, burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? That's, that's long, and it, it is a very repetitive. But it's, it, it, and, and Brian, at, at another time, will explain what in the world all those different instruments are that have been listed on there. I mean, what in the world is a trigon? I have no idea. They, they, when I read it and you're looking at a different translation, it may have said something completely different and with that, with the list of the government officials, because some of those words, they're, they're, they don't really know. All we know is that here's this image, and people were ordered to bow down and worship it. Now, it kind of comes from the previous chapter. Nebuchadnezzar got this idea from the previous chapter. In the previous chapter, he had this dream. And in this dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw this giant of a statue. And there was the statue of a man. And the head of the statue was made of gold. And Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, this head, this gold, represents you. It represents you, King Nebuchadnezzar. It represents the Babylonian Empire. But then the chest and the arms were made of silver. And we know that was to represent the Medo-Persian Empire, which came after the Babylonian Empire. Well, after that, from the midsection down to the knees was made of bronze. That was the Greek Empire, the Greco-Macedonian Empire, the Empire of Alexander the Great. And then from the knees down to the ankles were all of iron, and the feet were iron and clay, and that represents the Roman Empire. Well, also in the dream, 
there was a stone not made of hands don't know where it came from but all of a sudden it came and it hit the statue on the feet but the whole thing crumbled into dust this stone all of a sudden grew to be a mountain that covered the entire world now we know that to be the kingdom of god through jesus christ it was during the roman empire that christ came he inaugurated his kingdom and that kingdom is still growing into that mountain i mean it is covering the earth somewhat because there are believers all around the world and so here's that dream daniel interpreted the dream and because daniel interpreted the dream daniel was made kind of the some sort of big leader in the whole province of the province of babylon there were several provinces but babylon being the main one and daniel brought his three friends with him and said you know to work under him to serve under him to work with him uh, in that so years later this dream is still weighing heavy on nebuchadnezzar's mind you know in his pride though he's thinking i'm the head of gold it's all about me right and so based on that dream he had a statue built that was completely overlaid with gold now you know sometimes i wonder if he erected this if he was kind of shaking his fist at god saying yeah you know you say that all these empires are coming after me no i'm going to make the whole thing of gold it's all about me i'm going to rule and reign forever you know he 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 may have been delusional enough to actually believe that and so out in this plain of dura wherever in the world that is somewhere in the province of babylon he had this statue overlaid with gold built representing him representing his power representing his gods it's all about him now scripture tells us that it was 60 cubits high and only six cubits wide which means it was 90 feet high and it was nine feet wide and that sounds kind of strange to us that sounds more like just a big pole but here's probably what happened it, there probably was some sort of pedestal or base that the statue was placed on and the whole thing was about 90 feet 90 feet high that's pretty tall that's like a nine-story building or something like that i mean it's it's pretty big again it's showing off his pride nebuchadnezzar he's he, he he he's trying to maybe consolidate his power he's trying to make sure that everyone in his empire pledges loyalty to him and he does that through worship of this idol so he was going to get this he was going to use this idol he was going to use this statue to get the world under his power and sway now our passage says that there was all these high-ranking government officials with titles that we have you know we really don't know what in the world they meant but all over the all over the empire all these high-ranking officials had to come to this and they had to pledge their loyalty and now it seem, might seem strange that daniel isn't mentioned in in this and it doesn't really say why daniel wasn't there out of you know he was one of the highest ranking officials in the government why wasn't he there we don't know 
Maybe, maybe the king left him in Babylon to, to run the government while he was going off and, and, and doing this. But the three friends, they held a high position of some sort, and so uh, they, whatever, one of those positions that was mentioned, and so they were there. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar offered this idol for them to bow down to. Here's what he was doing. He set up this idol to represent the God of the age. This is the God you are, everyone is to serve. Yeah, you know what? You might have your own gods here and there. But ultimately, this is the God you are to serve, whether it represented Nebuchadnezzar, his power, his gods, or kind of all three. You are to worship the God of the age. This God demands total obedience and worship. Everyone is expected to give their loyalty to the God of this age. The government was going to use pressure and coercion to force people to comply to this. And if people did not comply by giving their loyalty to the God of the age, there would be dire consequences in the situation in our passage. If you do not worship and pledge your loyalty to the God of the age, you'll be thrown in the burning, fiery furnace. The consequence was death. If you do not bow to the God of the age, you will die. Now, as the saying goes, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Because there is a God of the age that we have to deal with. The God of our age gives pressure and coercion to force loyalty and compliance to the idol that is set before us. Now, in actuality, there are a lot of idols that are set before us. But I'm thinking of one specific idol that has to do with the month that we find ourselves in. Because everyone around the world is trying to coerce people to pay homage, homage, to this idol, to the God of the age. If you do not pledge your loyalty to this God, you're gonna be marked, you're gonna be ridiculed, you and they're going to do everything in their power to destroy you and so i'm specifically talking about the idol that's part of the god of the age of the lgbtq movement they try and call this month pride month and i'm not sure sin is something to be proud of i'm not sure you want to go around and be proud about sin you don't see people going around saying, Woo, I'm so proud, I'm a serial killer. I'm so proud, I'm a kleptomaniac. That'd be weird. How is this any less weird? But the God of the age is trying to pressure everybody into worshiping it. Those who have fallen lockstep with the God of the age 
expect everybody else to also to bow down to this idol. They don't merely want you to not oppose them. They don't want you to merely agree with them. They don't want you to merely approve of them. They want you to fully embrace and celebrate what this idol stands for. They want you to celebrate the God of the age with everything that you are. And they want you to do whatever you can do to help them spread their message and lifestyle. And if you do not worship the God of the age, if you don't worship this idol that represents the God of the age, they're going to make sure that you are shunned, that you are mocked, and that you are shamed. Now in the passage, Nebuchadnezzar orders people that Anytime the music plays, the people are to bow down and worship this representation of the God of the age. And now we hear that anytime you see a rainbow flag, anytime you see an LGBTQ character on TV, anytime you read the report of children being brought into a gay bar to attend a drag show, and that actually did happen, you are to bow down with them and worship. Meaning you are to applaud what it is that they do and what it is that they stand for. Because they want everyone to be loyal to the God of the age. They want everyone to embrace their sin. And if anybody does not worship every time that the music plays, then they're thrown into the fiery furnace literally in Daniel's day, metaphorically in ours, through persecution. And just like in our passage, the music plays loud. It's loud. The cries for acceptance plays loud. And here, everyone fell down and worshipped the idol that represented the God of the age. And so, in Daniel's day, all these people with all these fancy titles, all these government people worshipped. They bowed down and worshipped the God of the age. They were glad to do it. Not just because they were afraid of their lives, but because they fully embraced everything that the God of the age stood for. And now, the music plays in our day and age. And the government officials applaud the LGBTQ community and celebrate their sin. The music plays and Hollywood applauds the LGBTQ community and celebrates their sin. The music plays and corporations applaud the LGBTQ community and celebrate their sin. And as sad as this sounds, the music plays and churches applaud the LGBTQ community, and celebrate their sin. The music plays, and they bow down to worship the God of the age. And in our passage, all these government officials were more than happy to sell their souls to the God of the age. They were more than happy to worship and celebrate this idol. 
They spoke such sweet words about Nebuchadnezzar and his gods and his statue. They approved of it. They embraced it, not knowing that eternal destruction awaited them for giving their loyalty to the God of the age. But there were men who refused to bow down. Now, I don't know how many, it doesn't say like how many government officials were at this thing. I mean, we could probably guess that it was in the hundreds or the thousands. Hundreds and thousands of government officials willing to bow down and pledge their loyalty to the God of the age. Every single one of them bowed. Every single one of them caved. Except three. Out of hundreds or thousands, three said, not going to do it. We will not bow down to this God. They didn't care if they stood alone, but they were not going to give in to the pressure. They would not bow down to the God of the age. And so here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're not hurting anyone. They're minding their own business, but they're sure not going to turn their back on their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so in order to worship this idol. But they weren't making a big deal of it. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't have known had there not been some snitches. They weren't making a big deal of what they were doing. They weren't protesting. They weren't shouting down the music. They weren't posting mean tweets on social media. They just refused to bow down and worship. But someone saw them not bowing down to this idol of the God of the age, and they were offended. Oh, how dare these Jews not follow suit? Because anyone who dares to disobey the God of the age offends those who do bow down, makes them feel uncomfortable. And those who have bowed down to the God of the age don't want to be made to feel uncomfortable or guilty. So they're going to do whatever they can to destroy those who will not comply with what it is that they do. They're going to use whatever ounce of energy and power they have to silence the truth so that they can bow down to the God of the age in supposed peace. And so anyone who does not comply will be called out in a weird, I, not, I guess not really funny, but sad twist of just whatever. So, you know, after I had already done, studied, and had this message ready, I came across an, a news article. And I'm like, whoa. This is just weird how appropriate it is. There were some baseball players in Tampa with part of the Tampa Bay Rays. So Major League Baseball, along with everybody else, lockstep in with the God of the age. We're going to put rainbow patches on all their uniforms. There were several players who kindly refused, and Tampa Bay was fine with that. Because of their faith, they would not wear the patch. 
the organization was fine with that. They didn't care, but, oh no, that's not good enough. So the title says, Openly Gay Pro Baseball Player Says Discrimination and Hate Has a Voice in Baseball After Tampa Bay Rays Players Refuse to Wear Pride Night Uniforms. Brian Ruby, the only openly gay active professional baseball player, said Tampa Bay Rays players refusing to wear special uniforms on Pride Night was sad and frustrating. And this is what he said. Discrimination and hate has a voice in baseball, and you saw it in Tampa. Notice the words that he uses. All they did was say, no, we're not going to wear the patch. They didn't start calling anyone names. They didn't start say, you know, saying, y'all are going to burn in hell or whatever. They did nothing. All they did was refuse to wear the patch and listen to the words. Discrimination. Hate. That's what they're doing. They will not tolerate anyone not bowing down to the God of the age. Just like in their day, in Daniel's day. You know, these offended people, so they go and tell Nebuchadnezzar, hey, these three Jews aren't falling in lockstep with everyone else. They're not worshiping your idol. And so Nebuchadnezzar thought, well, there must be some sort of understanding here because, I mean, no one who has any sensibility would refuse to bow down to the God of the age. Nobody would dare go against the grain. Nobody would dare stand out and be embarrassed in front of the masses like that by refusing to bow down. I mean, how in the world could anyone not follow suit? How could anyone not follow the rest of the crowd? Why would anybody want to stick out like that? from falling into line. So Nebuchadnezzar thought, oh, there's got to be some mistake. And gave them another chance, so to speak. But these three, nope. Will not do it. They believe that there's only one God and Nebuchadnezzar ain't him. Nebuchadnezzar's gods ain't him. They believed there was only one God who was worthy of worship, devotion, and loyalty. They believed that this one God spoke and made clear that his law and his morals are what's up. And you are not to go against those. You are not going to want to rebel against God. So they would not compromise they would not falter. They would not give in. They would not bow down. They stood up and stood their ground out of love and loyalty to God. What about us as we are pressured to bow to the God of the age? Will we give in? Will we compromise? Will we deny the truth? Will we deny holiness? I mean, no, we're not perfect. In, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we have all bowed down to an idol of some sort. There is something in our lives that 
has gotten the devotion that rightly belongs to God. And thankfully, God sent his son to pay the penalty for our own rebellion, and we've all rebelled in some way, shape, or form. But in honor of the God who sacrificed his son on our behalf, in honor of the Savior who willingly laid his life down, we refuse to bow down to the God of the age. And whatever the consequences might be, let them be. I answer to God. I don't answer to you. I don't answer to you. And I sure don't answer to the God of this age. You know, Nebuchadnezzar arrogantly asked them what God could deliver them from his hands. He thought he was so powerful, there was no one that could thwart him. <laughs> the God of the age thinks the same thing. What God can deliver you out of our hands? Oh, trust me, you're going to find out. You will find out just as Nebuchadnezzar found out, as we'll see next week. But today, we pray for the strength to stand while everybody else around us bows down and worships the God of the age. Everyone. There's this whole big to-do on Twitter. It's, it's always Twitter, isn't it? There's this whole to-do on Twitter that Eerdman's publishing, which was a supposedly Christian publisher, put out this tweet, rainbow flag, all on display, saying, you know, start reading these, you know, read these books, interact with these books by, from LGBTQ standpoints, LG, LGBTQ authors. But it, I mean, they, it specifically said LGBTQ Christians. And I'm just like, Excuse me, but there is no such thing. There may be former LGBTQ who are now Christians. But, and they were called out on it, and they dug their heels in. They bowed down to God of the age. Guide Post, who is the They, do, they, they help with third-party investigations, in looking into things. They were the ones hired by the Southern Baptist Convention to look into the executive committee and how they may have covered up certain uh, allegations. You know, they covered up allegations of abuse and things like that. I mean, they're kind of the, the norm for getting a third-party investigation. Again, rainbow flag and everything, celebrating diversity and things like that. And they're going to go around and talk to us about abuse and assaults and whatever. Bowing down to the God of the age. Today we want to pray for strength to stand while everybody else bows down 
and worships the God of this age. I don't know about you, but I choose to worship the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one who loved us, the one who saved us, and nobody else. May he be glorified in what we do. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.